just going to say a quick prayer. God, I just uh, I thank you for this time. I thank you for um, Revive, all of these people here that I get to look at every Sunday, Lord. Um, I just pray that uh, whatever words are spoken are just simply from you and that your Holy Spirit just moves in this place. Amen. Um, so, I wasn't going to talk about this, but um, since my father's here, um, I was going to tell him after service, we are preaching about the same exact thing as he spoke about during his service this morning. Like, we didn't plan it. We didn't talk to each other at all. But when I came to service this morning and listened to the sermon, it was like, I'm not even getting like three of the Bible verses lined up with my sermon. Isn't that weird? Like, how that works out? Crazy. Um, so today, um, uh, <laughs> so today we're talking about uh, the love of God. Um, see, I got a little graphic up there for you guys and everything. So, um, this is why uh, this kind of came on my heart. And I like just kind of describing where the inspiration is behind the sermon because you guys get a little taste of like w- why I come up here and talk about these things. Um, just in light of like recent events and, and everything that's going on, I've noticed like we, f- we, we kind of forget about like what the love of God is. Uh, my, uh, my dad, who's the pastor of our home church, was talking about this morning about how like um, how denominations a lot of times, like in churches and stuff, they always like tend to butt heads about certain religious aspects or ways we walk with the Lord or rules or anything like that. And in doing so, we kind of like lose sight of like, okay, what is God's love? But not only that, like away from like a religious aspect, we kind of have like a skewed view of what love is in general. Let me show you a, a few examples. So the first one, Wait, no, let's try it again. First one. There we go. First show we got is The Bachelor. So you guys know the setting. One guy chooses between ten girls. One gets the rose at the end. They get married happily ever after, and they stay together forever. Typically, that's how it works out, I think. I haven't seen the show. but So this is just one example. A second example, Tinder. Tinder. Dating app, if you guys don't know. Um, I think there's Christian Mingle, too, so if you guys are looking for, like, the more Christian side, you know. But again, we, we look on an app, we see someone's face, we see a small description, and we're like, oh, maybe this will work out, you know. Um, and then we have celebrities. One of my favorites, Bradgelina, you know. Um, not together anymore, but, but, you know, when they were together, we would hear, oh, man, that's what love is. I mean, look at them, and there are so many quotes about what he said, what she said, and, and that's what love is, and then... Finally, my favorite one, yeah. Jim and Pam. Not a real couple, but even though I love their love story, again, we build our view or our definition of love based on these things. Um, we have it from celebrities, from TV shows. Oftentimes, that's what shapes our idea of what love is. Not even necessarily God's love, but just talking about the definition of what love as a feeling, as an emotion, as whatever it is, is. And I think nowadays, the big thing is that why we have all these things is because the world today, even those who, who don't walk with Christ, are constantly in want or in need of love. Whether that's from another person, uh, family, we constantly have that feeling of like, man, I want to have acceptance and, and love. And not just like the feeling, but actually someone showing me love. You know, Someone actually, through their actions, showing me love. 
And like internally, this is what leads to, to our need or our want to like really understand like what God's love is. So the passage we're going to be reading from is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it says, starting with verse 1, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. For if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy, or prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. See, when my dad was talking about this this morning, he said, when I read this passage and look in the mirror, I ask myself if I truly understand like, what love is and if I have love behind my actions. And to me, when he said that, it just, it just dawned on me. And I had to pause for a second. I'm like, man, like, that's exactly how I am. Like, I don't know if I have love behind all my actions. I mean, if we read this, you can have faith that removes mountains, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. Isn't that crazy? Faith to remove mountains. Understanding everything this world has to offer, but if you don't have love, none of it means anything. See, I think we developed an idea of love that is, is conditional and convenient. And let me explain what I mean. Is it means that if I have something to offer into your life, as long, I'll love you as long as you keep giving me that. And the second that ceases, my love for you is going to cease as well. So the second someone doesn't isn't able to give something into your life or, or produce good things in your life. Once that ceases, your love for them ceases as well. And I think before we understand how our actions can be produced from love, a godly love that we understand like from the passage, we need to understand what love is according to how God created it. So what we have is, in the beginning is the, the nature of God, like what, what he created love to be. And, and to understand this is that love, it's not just something he gives or, or he shows. God in the very essence in his nature is love. And John, First uh, John 4, 16, it says, so we, have not, so we have come to know and to believe that, lo- that love, I'm sorry. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. It's interesting that it says that whoever abides in love abides in God. So they're saying, you could abide in God, but you might not be loving. So he's saying, if you abide in love, then you abide in God. And God abides in him. I think that's the most incredible part right there. I feel like we overlook that. It's like, God abides in you if you understand love. See, love isn't just simply God's attributes, his, his promises, his, um, his blessings that he gives you. I think God is love. And because of this, he produces these blessings out of love. He produces these promises, fulfills these promises 
out of love. It begins with love. See, the thing is, when, when, when we speak about God being love, it wasn't, God didn't just get love when he created the world. I think it happened way before creation. God was love before we were even created or anything around us was created. So in order to understand this, we kind of look, need to look back at, you know, take it back to Genesis and understand the creation story and, and where love was involved in that. A long time ago, um, when our youth would travel, we would do skits. Um, some of them good, some of them not as good. Um, but we would do a lot of skits. We, we didn't really sing much. We didn't really have a band as much. But we were passionate about skits. I mean, we got into it. And a lot of those skits now I watch, and I'm like, man, those are really good. But there's one that still manages to just produce goosebumps on me, in me, produce goosebumps, you know? And it's the Lifehouse skit. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's where it takes a, a person through creation, and then everything that kind of pushes them or pulls them away from the Lord, and then it ends in victory. You guys, most people have seen the skit. But, but the point I want to talk about is, is, is the beginning part. The creation part. When we look back into Genesis 1, we see the story of creation. Kind of go back to like, you know, Sunday school days, right? We see that he creates light. He creates the seas. He creates water. And then he keeps going. He creates mountains. He creates trees, plants, animals. He creates all these things. But one thing I wanted to point out is, he then, what he, one thing I wanted to point out was, before he said it was all good, he had to create man. So we'd see day one, he creates light. And he says, all right, this first day passes, the second day comes. It wasn't until he created mankind where he looked at it all and said it was good. And I think it's because when God created us, he knew that we, he'd be able to have a loving relationship with us. He created the most beautiful mountains, waterfalls, but none of that could have a relationship with him. But when he created mankind, he knew, man, this is where my love's going to lie. Not in, not, in, not in the world, not in anything material, not in rock, not in water, but, but mankind is where my love's going to reside. See, it's crazy because a lot of times we see you know, Instagram posts, Snapchats, all these different things that people post in like a waterfall or a view and saying, man, like, look how incredible God's creation is. And to me, I just had this like, this this revelation of like we should have that same exact feeling when we're looking at the mirror and looking at ourselves because we are so much more magnificent and so much more beautiful than anything he's created here on earth because he looked at us and he said you are created in my image see i want to point something out is that when we say god is love and then we're created in the image of god it means that we were created in the image of love and after he created all those things, he only said it was good after he created mankind. See, it doesn't say this in Genesis, but I think at this point, God may have shed a tear looking at us. Because he looked at us and he saw something greater. He saw our future. He saw everything we're going to be involved in. And he said, this is where my love lies. Now, when we're creating the image of love, we, we understand that there's no earning it. It's never ending. It's greater every single day. It gets greater when our problems get greater. And the thing is, we see that when he created us, he created all of us in the image of love. 
So our spirit, our soul, our body, all of this was created in the image of love. Because it was created in his image. And God is love. See, I'm not going to sugarcoat it though. We kind of messed up a little bit. And sin entered the world. And it kind of created this, I don't like calling it a barrier, but it kind of created an opportunity for Satan to slip in and start pulling us away from this relationship. Because I don't think it creates a barrier because God's always there. His love's always there. It's not like he's pulling away or the sin's pushing him away. It's just simply pulling us to where we, he's always standing. I think it's important to notice um, one thing is that people always ask, like, why, why did Jesus have to die? If God, is, if God is all good, he's all knowing, he's all loving, why was sacrificing Jesus a necessity? And I think it's because God is all those things, but God is also just. And he knew that the only way he was going to reestablish this connection and this relationship with us was to sacrifice the thing that he loved the most. And we've all heard the gospel message before, but to me, at this point of, of, uh, of the Lord speaking to me and writing this sermon, I couldn't help but just begin just shedding tears, knowing that God, he wanted a relationship so close to us that he knew he's like, man, I got to make the biggest sacrifice I possibly can in order to reestablish that. And fast forward in the future, we see that because of this sacrifice, we are no longer bound to sin. Our chains are broken. We're not slaves to sin anymore. Not because God changed, but because God's love was always there. But he took all power of sin away, knowing that his love is greater than all those things. In 1 John uh, chapter 4, again, verses 7 to 12, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God does not know God, because God is love. Before I continue, I just want to just point out the fact that this, this verse makes us feel good up until that point where it says, and whoever does not love does not know God. At first, when I was putting this in my sermon, I just put the first verse in. I was like, yeah, so if we love one another, love is from God, so we're from God. I didn't want to get to the next part, the convicting part where it says, if you do not love, you are not from God. And I think it's important because that's the part that gets us in one, and makes us think, back to the first passage I read, that even if we prophesy, perform miracles, if, if none of that's out of love, we are not with God. I mean, isn't that incredible that he says, even if you are performing all these amazing things, if there's not love at the core of it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just simply acts here on earth. We continue reading in verse 9 and says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him, and this, is, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation okay. for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. 
If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I want to focus on this last verse right now. It says that no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So nobody's ever seen God with their eyes, but he's saying if we love, they are seeing God in us through our actions. If we love one another, if we love those who we hate, that is where God shows. It's not me preaching. It's not the worship. It's not the, the lights. It's not how we remodeled this place. None of that matters. That's not going to show the love of God. That's not going to show God in general. It's us loving other people that shows God. If that's not enough right there for us to understand and start choosing love from this point on, I don't think there's a better verse to put it. It says no one has ever seen God, but they will see it if you choose to love. It's just incredible to see just that, that power in love that, that God resides in us because of love. See, I think God, he looks at us and he sees us as vessels to be able to pour out love. You know, I was reading a little bit about uh, Benjamin Franklin and back in the early days of electricity. So in this city, he was trying to get like city lights established. So, you know, you'd be able to see and all these different things. And instead of like going and pushing it in city council and all these things, what he did was he hung a light on his front door. And people would walk by and they'd be like, wow, this is incredible. Like I can see, there's a light shining, I can see everything. And slowly, one by one, people started hanging lights on their doors. So instead of pushing like all these city lights to be established, he just showed it at his house first. It's kind of cool because we see it in the same way. Instead of uh, trying to push people and, and me coming up here and saying, wait, no, all of you guys need to love people. It starts within ourselves first to show love. And then people see that and say, I don't know what that is, but I want it. And then one person loves, and then the next person loves. And it just spreads into a way where we're in a community of people who know how to love. And this is really important because on the outside world, they're looking for that. One of the number one questions anybody who who doesn't believe is going to ask you when you talk about God says, okay. So if you believe in God, why does he let all these things happen? School shootings, murders death why does he let them happen internally they're just looking for a love that they can't find they look into the world they're like i can't find it here there's no love here and just like that light we're able to show a love that is not understandable unless you come before the lord In Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, not only were we created in love, but the Holy Spirit is in us that manifests love. So now, all of us are created in love, and we can walk in love with the Holy Spirit. I mean, it clearly says, love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So when we love on people, it's not because we want to or we have to. It's because it's, it's, we can't control it. It's just pouring out of us. It, we don't have a choice but to love people. And the thing is, once we start walking in his love, we really understand the characteristics of his love. It's overwhelming. 
It doesn't just satisfy or fulfill. It goes beyond that. It doesn't just solve your problem. It helps you after that problem's gone. It doesn't even get you over the mountain. It doesn't just do that. It gets you through valleys, through mountains, when things are great, when things are rough. It gets you through all of that. It's there no matter what. See, the thing is, any circumstance we're going through, any problem we're going through, it's not just, just there when it's going on or when it's settled. It's there afterwards. It's there before. It's there during. And once we understand that, once we really get a grasp of what his love does for us, when we walk in life and we, we hit those hurdles, we hit those spots where we have nothing left, we have a source to look at and a source that, that just fills us with an overwhelming peace knowing that he's in control. His love is never ending, which means no matter what we choose to do, his love is always there. We choose to trample it, throw it in the dirt. We choose to, to walk away from it. It's still standing there. His love is still there anytime you want to choose it. See, I feel like we have this idea oftentimes where God will love us once we choose to follow God. But I think God's love is always for us, no matter where we are in life. And I can tell you, without knowing that, I wouldn't have been able to go through the tough times that I've went through. Because when nothing was left, when I was ready to be just done with everything, I knew that God's love still stood there strong. Um, Friday, I got a phone call from one of my friends in, uh, in Florida. And... Um, she was pretty much talking about a situation where um, a situation where she was in a relationship with a guy, and it ended, um, but he still calls her, contacts her, he still guilt trips her, saying, you're my spiritual strength, all these different things. And, and she said these words, which brought tears to my eyes at the end of the phone call. She said, at a point, I just thought that this was what God had planned for me. This, this feeling of shame, guilt. At this time, I just felt like this is what I'm supposed to be feeling. This is where God wants me. And it hurt me so bad to hear this because I... These are the words I told her. I told her, the power of shame and guilt do not compare to the power of the love of God. And I think oftentimes we give them, we give it way too much power. We say, well, I sinned and, and I know I shouldn't be and all this and it's weighing me down and I can't, I can't be happy, I can't have joy. We give it too much power not realizing that the love of God wipes those things away. It, the love of God, it, it's not even a competition with those things. The love of God, it, it, it's reckless. When we get a taste of this love, it completely wrecks our life. You know, when Isaiah came before the Lord and saw him in all his glory, he said, woe to me for I am ruined. And he didn't mean it in a way of like, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I can't do anything for it. He meant it in a way where he said, I, my life, everything that I'm going through, none of that even, none of that even builds up to the love you have for me. He dropped to his knees. He sees God in all of his glory. And he finally gets just a small glimpse of how amazing God's love is. See, there's a spot in the Bible that says, we, God's love, it goes beyond our understanding. 
I mean, can you imagine in a world of, of technology information where we're constantly trying to learn the next new thing, but this is something we can't understand. And I, I think that's part of the, just the beautiful sense of God's love is we're never just going to get it. We're never going to understand it. And it's incredible that no matter where we are, no matter how, we, how big we think the wall is, no matter how big we think the mountain is, there's an unfathomable love that God has for us. See, I think when, uh, when we experience his love, everything after that changes. We have to start taking steps forward to walking in his loves, and all of a sudden we see that our eyes are seeing different things. Our eyes are starting to have compassion for this person, love for this person that we never even noticed, that we hated. Our feet start changing where we're walking in a way where we just don't, under, don't even understand because, because we're walking in a way just filled with the love of God. We've become a light to this world where people look and they just don't get how amidst of all these things, we have peace knowing that we have the love of God inside of us. See, what made me most, most upset about when I was talking to uh, one of my good friends from Jackson about that whole entire story that, that she thought she was defined by the things of this world or by one relationship or by one guy that lied to her. She thought she was defined by a wrecked home, a, a broken marriage. She, we think we're defined by those things, but we don't realize that we are only defined by God's love. And that none of those things build our identity. See, I think his love for you was always there. So no matter what happens in our lives, no, no matter what happened in our lives, none of that matters because his love is always there. It is above all those things. doesn't matter how broken our past is. doesn't matter how deep we are in guilt, shame. That doesn't even compare to the power of love. See, when we walk in love, we change the way we build relationships. We change the way we seek our significant others. We change the way we interact with our family, with our parents. All of that changes. And it's like a ripple effect that it starts with us and it just ripples down into our families, into our friends. And next thing you know, everyone around you is getting a small glimpse of what the love of God is. And I can tell you, it is contagious. It does not just stop there. It will continue spreading into every soul, every body around you. Because when we look into this world, the only thing that is going to satisfy that inner need for peace, for joy, is the love of God. I tell you guys this a lot, but when I come up with sermons, I'm preaching to myself. This isn't something that that I just think, oh, these guys need it, and I'm here just standing up here all spiritual. I know how to love. It's something that I needed for myself, knowing that whatever I'm going through in life, whatever confusion, whatever doubt, whatever fears I have about the future, I know if I'm walking in God's love, all that is just going to line up perfectly. See, we, we all heard this uh, recent song that came out by uh, Corey Asbury, uh, The Reckless Love, and it's just amazing to see how powerful those lyrics are. That God's love, it, it chases us down. No matter how far we run away from it, it's chasing us. 
It's constantly wanting us. Because when we look to creation, that is how he originally created us, was to walk with him. To be in love with him. See, I think because he first loved us, we are called to love others. When we hear about everything that happens, the news and, and these school shootings, oftentimes even me being the believer that I am, I, I fall short in understanding why it happens. But then that very next moment, God reassures me that no matter how dark times get, his love's going to conquer everything. Even when I say that, I, I think it's wrong. I think it's not going to conquer everything. I think it's conquered everything a long time ago. There's nothing we go through, we experience, that his love hasn't gone through already. So when we walk in love, whenever we do go through things, problems, doubts, fears, we know we have a love of a father that's going to be walking right beside us the entire way. See, I think the more we walk in love, it's, it's the more our, our eyes, our hands, our feet just become like Jesus is knowing that we do everything out of the love of God. See, we go back to the verse, the verses we read before that that we could do all these amazing things. But if we don't have love, I am nothing. But then we're reassured where it says that love is patient and kind. It's patient with you even in the times where, where you're just now understanding what his love is. It's patient in times where you've gone through thick and thin. You've gone through a, a hard family. You've gone through a broken household. You've gone through a bad relationship. You've gone through all those things. But it's patient. It's kind. It bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. And it endures all things. verse 10 we see but when the perfect comes the partial will pass away the perfect is just simply God's love when that comes into our life the partial just passes away because once we're filled with God's love All those gifts, our actions, our emotions, our relationships, all that just produced from a place where it's just flowing of God's love. Why don't you guys stand with me today? Today I needed the reassurance of, of understanding what God's love is. I needed to visit the story of creation, of Jesus Christ's death, his resurrection. I needed all that. 
because I started losing sight of no matter what I'm doing here, no matter what I say up here, if it's not out of love, it's all pointless in the end. So when we understand that, that when we surrender our life to him, that love that endures all things, that knows no borders, knows no walls, the love that's constantly moving towards us, it's forever reigning in our hearts. When we sing this last song, I pray that I pray that just like the song says God's love appears in our life in a beautiful way and that when we we leave this place it becomes a love that just isn't able to be contained in our own lives it's a love that needs to be passed along it needs to be spread and it's a love that we just see flow to our families to our friends and that whenever whenever we feel like all is lost we understand that there's a love that we can look to no matter what. So while we sing the song, I just have a a desire to pray. Not just that we understand God's love, but that those people who have never experienced in our lives can start tasting it from our lives and our actions and our walk with And that that love is just able to pour out of us every single day, every moment, and in every part of our lives. Lord, we pray as we as we leave this place, God, that that we just got a small experience of Your love, and that it just rains in us from this point out. And that it just overflows in, in every part of our lives. And we realize that our, our actions aren't what's going to change people's hearts. It's your love that's going to change people's heart, God. And that we could just be vessels to show that love to other people. And I pray just, just a prayer of thankfulness for, for everybody in this place. And I pray that everybody in this place, Lord God, just just has a new grasp of what your love is. Even though we can't understand it, it goes beyond even the greatest thing we know. Your love, it, it just is more amazing than all those things. I just pray a, a blessing on our lives, Lord God, that we are constantly just learning how, to, how it is to walk with you. And then no matter what we came into this place with, what chains, what what struggles, what sin we came into this place, we know that we can leave this place professing your name and your love conquers it all. I pray all this in your name.